We just stepped on their face with a hobnailed boot and broke their nose. One, two, three. Bullshit. Welcome to the Title Run Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Bethay, joined by my main man, Scott the Stat Assassin. Scott, tell people what's up. Uh, go dogs. And Dr. J will be joining us in just a second. So uh, I had, guys, a um, Lane Kiffin experience in our uh, second round playoff game where I coached my butt off. I knew what the other team was going to run. I knew how to stop them. And because they're a private school, they have kids coming to their school from Hilton Head to Savannah Christian and other school and other places like that. And they have in their front seven, Scott, would they have three, four, two, four stars, a five star and a kid that's probably going to be a five star. Was that what we decided? I think that's right. It was uh, a lot of future college players. And I came to the conclusion, guys, I can coach as well as I want. I need better players. <laughs> so uh, my football season is over. That will allow me to post more content in the upcoming weeks. So, this starts with this SC championship preview with y'all y'all asked for, and we are here to give it to you um, because Zoom is stupid and we are cheap. We got about 36 minutes, so let's not waste any time. Dr. J is in the house. Dr. J, tell the people what's up. David, you can coach DBs, right? I'm, I'm getting to the fact that uh, there's an opening to coach DBs at a certain local university. Is Fran, is Fran officially gone? I think yeah. it's official. Yeah. Dang. So Fran Brown, our DB's coach, I had a great time with the, the UJ clinic in the spring. Uh, the dude is, he is from the streets up north, and he is a brother. You know what I mean? And he just tells it like it is. Players are going to love him. He's the kind of guy that I'm surprised is able to clean it up enough to have a good interview. But I don't have any doubt that he's going to be able to connect with players. And he knows the stuff. He's He had some of the best press technique stuff that I've ever seen. And, um, you know, in 17, 18 years of coaching, he, he's – the stuff he showed me on press the best I've seen. It was so helpful for me this year. So I wish him all the best. Nothing but love I, for him. And I know Kirby has, I think, had nothing but positive things to say about him from a, a work ethic standpoint. And he's been a good recruiter in Athens. And I think, you know, we've mentioned this offline. It, it's weird for people, unusual for somebody to go from any position coach, you know, yeah, including DB coach. coach to head coach at a power five. Yeah. Unusual. Um, but obviously he's been in Athens for a little bit. He was with uh, Matt rule at temple and he was with um, Shiano at Rutgers. Rutgers. So he has some experience with some, you know, quote program building guys, people building programs uh, in places that don't have national title pocketbooks and that kind of stuff. So there's, there's a lot of ways that it's a good fit, but like most head coaching hires, even things that look good on paper are more of a coin flip than it yeah, feels like and, sometimes. And the truth is at Syracuse, you, your goal is to win eight games. That's, that's what, that's what your program is. Anyways, we'll be, I'll be sad to see him go. I'll miss him at the upcoming clinic. <laughs> we went from who was the guy who had before him a die, who was another one that was good. I think Brown may be even better than him. And I thought that I thought Adai, well, I forget the guy's name. What was his name? Was yeah, it Adai? J- Jamil yeah. Adai. Jamil yeah. Adai. I thought he was good. And I think Brown may even be better. But um, and if you look at our DB play this year, we talk about strengths and weaknesses. And that's one of the strengths. This is the best secondary play we've had at UJ in a while. I mean, a while. Um, 
Bulldog fans, you're here to listen to a podcast about the SC Championship game. The Bulldogs are 12 and 0. Y'all know how we got there. Go listen to the last three podcasts if you don't. We all predicted Georgia being in this spot at this point in the year. We did say that uh, there was possible we might drop a game, especially in that really rough stretch we had between the end of October and beginning of November. We didn't. We rolled through those games, and here we are, number one in the AP poll, number one in the coaches poll, and number one in the CFP, which seems about right. Although you could make a case for Michigan based on the eye test because, boy, did they look good in beating Ohio State. And th- But that's another discussion from another time. Scott, give us the uh, tail of the tape real quick, and we'll jump into the breakdown. Yeah, so you mentioned where they – are in the polls, uh, some of the the power rankings, power ratings, uh, SP plus number two overall, and that is one point behind Michigan. So that is very, very close. Mm-hmm. Those could flip, after, you know, any given week kind of thing. Uh, fourth in offense, fifth in defense. Uh, FEI, that's the one that's more uh, possession to possession than play to play. Uh, fourth. And that and that's about three and a half points behind number one Michigan, fourth on offense and fourteenth on defense. Mm. So mm. which yeah. I think you could make an argument for the defense being fifth nationally. You could probably make an argument for the defense being closer to fifteenth mm-hmm. nationally. Mm-hmm. Yep. You see that, you know, uh showing up with some of the numbers, the kind of vibes with the eye test. Uh F plus number three uh, kind of averages the other two. So duh. Uh FPI for whatever that's worth, number five. Um, but that's one ESPN shows, so it, it gets a mention. And then all the ESPN derived stuff like strength of record, fourth, remaining strength of schedule, fourth, whatever that means. It's just you yeah, know. it's only one game right now. I guess yeah, a uh, game control fifth, average win probability fourth. Okay. Basically, those numbers all compile to say, okay, playoff team. Yeah, is right. it clear super favorite national title Not team? On paper, no, but clear playoff team. Um, the, my favorite stats, the one that you always share, and this is one I was really hoping for, is offense is seven point one yards per play. We're over seven. The last time we talked, we were under seven, and we have rolled up some yards on some folks. What do we What do we put on Ole Miss? Was oh, almost six hundred yards we put on them? Yeah, it was stupid because it was just about three hundred. Was three hundred rushing and three hundred passing, or it was close. It was and, it was nuts. And that's fourth nationally in defense, four point seven yards per play, which is sixteenth nationally. Um, so. We're good. We're not as dominant statistical as we have been the last couple of years. Uh, Jay, I want to ask you the very first question as we move right into the preview. What about Bama scares you? Jalen Milrose legs is the That's first thing that, that, what I wrote down. that comes to mind. But I'm going to go ahead and give you a little preview. I'm going to give my score okay. prediction later. I'm, okay. I'm going to say okay. that to the end. But I'm going to tell you, I feel as good about this Georgia-Alabama matchup as a Georgia fan as I have in any one that we've had since whatever, 2007, 2008, I think was the last time we beat them before we lost like seven in a row. I feel pretty good about this. And I've got some numbers I want to share actually about Jalen Milrow. That being said, of the things that could go wrong, of the things that we might have a problem with, his legs are what scare me the most. Our rushing defense is about the only thing that we don't rank pretty darn high nationally mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Um, but this might be unexpected. You might think, especially with the rushing numbers from Jalen Milrow, you might think that Alabama is a really, really productive and um, prolific rushing offense. They are not. Yep. They are 53rd nationally in yards per carry. They are 45th nationally in yards per game. Mm-hmm. They actually are not 
that good of a rushing team. That does not mean that Jalen Milrow could not go crazy and we could do some dumb things with freshman linebackers and he could end up with 150 yards rushing. It's totally within the realm of possibility. So to answer your question, that's the thing that is top of mind scary, but actually I'll share some more things later with you why that might not be as scary as maybe you think it is. Okay. Scott, what scares you? The game. The fact that it's Bama. (laughs) Uh, The fact that your whole season could get tanked for losing one, you know, game very close to an obviously good team. Thanks uh, SEC for canceling the Oklahoma game. Um, And if ever there was an argument for a 12 team playoff, we said this, this was the year. Yeah. Can't can't wait for the next 10 years where it's, Clearly not needed to have a 12 team, but we got it. Um, I know. Y'all both think we're definitely out with a loss? There, There is no definite unless you we'll go get there. We'll get there. And list the score of every single remaining conference yeah. championship game. There, the, we'll get there. That's a, but but we're, we're 90% out probably. Yeah. I don't I don't know if it's that high. We'll get to yeah. it. Um, yeah. this, um, the stuff that's scary, obviously, Milrow running. Uh, he's a phenomenal athlete. You're not supposed to be that big and that fast. Um, I think the speed that they have at wide receiver and kind of how that pairs with the scrambling broken play mm-hmm. aspect, right? It's hard to cover guys for seven seconds. It's really hard to cover like track stars for seven seconds. Ask Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. Dalen Everett scares me about Alabama. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The the PI machine. Um, so I said, obviously, and y'all can see my notes, Jalen Milrow um, is running. And I did my semi-deep dive of Alabama's offense and our defense over the last couple of days because I actually have time to watch film. It's not high school film. And uh, there's been a big shift in their offense the last four months. And uh, scheme-wise, they're almost exclusively 20 personnel and 11 personnel now. Uh, they're three and four wide most of the time. And they are heavy RPO, which we said earlier in the year is like, why are you trying to drop back and throw five-step passes with Jalen Milrow? You're in, you're stupid to do that. You should be running the Jalen Hurts offense with him, and that's exactly what they're doing now. It's quick game, RPO, then play-action shots, which is exactly what they should be doing. And um, the shots are usually going to Jermaine Burton, which is funny. As, as good of Isaiah Bond, as fast as Isaiah Bond is, he's actually not their deep threat. It's really Burton, who's also their best route runner, and they're probably their best overall player in offense, truthfully, I think. Um, but – Miro is getting a lot of simple and quick reads and sprint out of the pocket movement plays where he has run pass options and he's doing well. He's, he's a lot more accurate than those, but um, they basically stopped trying to run UJ's offense, which is what they were trying to do early in the year <laughs> and went back to the Jalen Hurts offense. But um, it's also interesting. Just Miro is like really hard to sack, but also gets sacked a lot. If that makes any sense. Um, He had a, he had a stretch a six game stretch in the middle of the season where he got sacked 28 times in six games. Wow. Yeah. And he's been sacked 34 times for the year. Um, but since they started making the tweaks, to their offense, more quick game, more designed Q run. I mean, he had a season high 20 carries a few weeks ago. He's only been sacked four times in the last few games. So I'm scared about his running. And what scares me even more is that I took a good look at their scheme and they use a lot of the same scheme that has hurt us in two other games this year, but I'll get to that later. Um, any other thoughts on on Al, things on Alabama that scare you? Um, offensively, we know it's it's Milrow in the in the, the scrambling busted plays. Anything about their defense that scares you? 
I mean, their pass rushers are legit, and their pass rushers are <laughs> they're good, better than any they're pass good. rushers we've faced this year. So, Turner, what's the other kid's name? The other young kid's uh, name, Braswell. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, so there's always a question of you know, how does that play out? How well do your tackles hold up? I mean, you know, a lot of times Alabama's edge guys are just going to be too big and too fast and too strong for whoever they play. That won't be as much the case against us because we also have NFL players. Um, but normally our tackles also can just manhandle whoever they're playing. And that's yeah. not so much the case. And we've, I think we've mentioned before, I know we've talked a bunch offline about Carson Beck has the lowest time to throw on average nationally uh, under, you know, 2.2. Nationally. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, It's like 2.2 or 2.3 seconds average time wow. to throw. That ball okay. comes out quick. 2.4 is about average. Just so you people that are listening to 2.4 is about average in pro in college. So I think college, it might be a little higher, but it's a little higher. Yeah. Okay. Two it, four, I know he's average. So he's, he's like 2.2 or 2.3. Um, and if you watch the passing game, it doesn't, it feel a lot more like a pro passing game, like very oh, quick decision making. Yeah. Lots of timing, all of that. So with that in mind, okay. Did their pass rush guys even have time? Right. I, I don't know. This is, this is something where for me, it's a question mark. It's a huge question mark, but TBD. And having said that, has Alabama's pass rush bothered us in the last couple of years? That hasn't been the issue. Like, Will Will Anderson wasn't the issue. His pass, his pass rush was not the issue. It was not the reason we were not successful on offense in some of those matchups against Alabama. And they ain't got a Will Anderson. Turner's nice, but he ain't Will Anderson. Um, it's, it's the best defense we've played, but yeah. it's not – a super duper elite Alabama offense from the 2010s or, defense. or yeah, defense. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's oh, yeah. the best defense we've played, but it's, it's not really what you've come to fear, you know, every night when you go to sleep about mm-hmm. an elite Alabama defense, it's, it's not that good. The best we played this year going to be a real test, but, um, but it's, it's not super duper scary. And Alabama's strength is in their secondary. They probably have at least two first round picks in secondary. Uh, Khalid McKinstry and Caleb Downs in the future. And then another NFL player in Terry, Terry and Arnold and another NFL player in Malachi Moore. So their secondary yeah. is very good. And, and, it's, and it's I would say that Arnold's a, a very high draft pick as well, too. I don't, yeah, I don't know I mean, for sure. Yeah. You know, it's hard to project exactly what's first round guys because you got to run the right time, et cetera. But yeah, but their secondary is probably strength their defense. They are very average in the defense interior, although they're better this year than they have been probably in two or three years. And they're literally taking our cast offs to play inside linebackers. So they're not great there. It's um, it's very it's very similar to our defense, right? It not elite really is. The, the strength is the secondary. And I you know, Bama's 39th nationally in yards per carry defense. Um Ooh. and boy, the the shiny new thing of late in the, the Georgia. The shiny offense, new old thing. The shiny new old thing is Kendall Milton. Milton. Your boy, Him and his David. soft tissue. Let's pray over his soft tissue that he makes it through <laughs> the entire game healthy. We're all putting our hands up uh, because holy crap, this is the guy that we've talked about for two years. Man, if he could just stay healthy for more than like two games in a row, how good could he be? Well, we're seeing how good he could be. He looks like the best running back we've had since DeAndre Swift. Mm, he looks good. He, when he's like, he's that good. He looks better than Zeus. Now again, tiny sample size, but like. His mixture of size and explosion, it's like this is why this guy's comparison was Najee Harris coming out of high school. Like that's what he was supposed to be. 
And that's a good. That's it. that's a good comp. That's yeah, a good it's, comp. he is painful to tackle. Now. You don't want to do it. It's a career decision. <laughs> yeah. So, um, asking you this, guys, this, uh, where does UJ have the advantage? I mean, Brock Bowers is like your first answer yeah, right there. Brock Bowers, Brock Bowers, duh, is the explanation. It's it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you kind of look at this game, and it doesn't seem like either team has just tons of glaring advantages in any like unit no. matchups, right? Um, just do we have the coaching advantage? I mean, we uh, we talked about how. Hey, Bam is yeah. good on offense. Hey, Bam is good on defense, but it's not, you know, a vintage Bama offense or a vintage Bama defense. On paper, they're the most talented team in football. Again, just like last year, just <laughs> yeah, like the like year before. Year. I don't know. I mean, if you bring in all the best recruits and you're not winning as many games as the other Perfect. teams that have still elite recruiting, but not quite as good. It, it seems kind of crazy, but also yeah, and his coaching staff as a whole, right? Not just like, oh, Kirby's better yeah, than Nick yeah. Saban. Eh? No, it's not that. But it's it's one of two things. It's either coaching or you missed at a key position, key position being quarterback. If that's you right. put Bryce Young on the same team, they're undefeated. I, that, that, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I, I I think we have one of the advantages that we have is at the most important position on the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have yeah. an advantage at quarterback. I, as, as fun as it is to watch Jalen Milrow, you know, run around the field when – somebody leaves him alone. I mean, none of us would trade Carson Beck for Jalen Milrow right now. Would we? Nope. I know I wouldn't. Nope. Um, that, that is, that is absolutely advantage us. And I also think, uh, despite the fact again, that they have these Jalen Milrow scramble and planned run numbers in the rushing offense. I think we run the football better than Alabama does. Well, we actually do yards per carry Alabama 4.3 we are I think at 5.3 so like or Alabama's either 4.5 or 4.3 I just looked at it and we're 5.3 so we, we are, are we are 13th we are 13th nationally in yards per carry yeah. Alabama is 53rd nationally in yards per carry yeah I was just about to say one yard per carry on a team level season long that's a big that's difference huge. and, and that's like huge. Jay just mentioned that's the difference between the dead average and like 10th or 15th Mm-hmm. And and I would say this too. Um, that's with quarterback running the ball, which always jacks your average up. Yeah, because quarterback scrambles and quarterback runs jack your average. Usually, they usually raise your average. That's why you'll see like a guy like Jaden Daniels averaging eight yards a carry. Well, if you took it, well, if they didn't count sack yardage in college, which is dumb. But anyways, um, this is where I'm going to go on a very long rant. It'll probably bore people. I'll probably have to go back and trim it at the end. But I did my X's and O's dive into our scheme. And I wrote down this question. What about our run defense? Did Tech get Bam the blueprint? So I went back and watched the Tech game, the Auburn game, and the Missouri game. Very, very different conclusions. Very, very different problems. I'll start with the Missouri game first. It was the simplest. Went back and watched the Missouri game, and it was this simple. We missed like five tackles on third downs that led to big runs. That was it. People were in the right spots. They were playing the right technique. We just missed tackles on Cody Schrader. And these weren't even broken tackles. These were legit just missed tackles. That was it. Cody Schrader had a great day that should have been a a pretty good day. And and I will say that, you know, it's worth noting, like you said, Cody Schrader had a great day. Uh, By Cody Schrader's recent recent performances, he had a terrible day. I know. He's been averaging like 200 yards. So 
just to remember the perspective where it's like, oh no, a hundred yards. It feels terrible for us, but but yes, dudes, it feels terrible yeah, for us. Exactly. Yeah, he's ripping off two hundreds left and right. So, and I slept on Cody Schrader. I'm sorry, I did not know his name before that game. He was good last year. I didn't realize it. He's really good. He's like, he's <laughs> how do I say this in a nice way? He's a uh, weapons grade Dejon Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> He is really good, and so is and so is Brady Cook. Yeah, Brady Cook's very good. Yep. Um, but the games that concern me a little more was the Auburn game, and so I went back and watched that game. It was two things in that game: horrible assignment football by the linebackers, and I mean every one of them. And there were like three or four blatant, egregious holding calls that were missed in Auburn runs, like holding calls that I was like. If you don't throw that, I don't know what you're looking at. Um, the principal offenders, though, I will say were Smile Munden and CJ Allen. And we talked about this, how it was hilarious that Smile Munden was the SEC defense player of the week that week because he was terrible in that game. Anybody that's watched any football knew that, but he had a lot of tackles. But Sorian and Shamless also had bad plays, too. They consistently – and what they did with us was they did a version of zone read, which all of you know what zone read is. You – Fake inside zone of the running back, and the quarterback has the option to keep it and run to the outside if the defensive end crashes. In Georgia's defense, a lot of times that defensive end is replaced with an outside linebacker. What they were doing that was unique is they were getting in 30 personnel where they had three running backs. The running back for the zone read, and they did what's unusual is they put the fullback and the H-back on the same side. They would both cross the formation opposite the running back. One would seal the inside linebacker, one would climb to the safety. On Peyton Thorne's long run, their fullback blocks Javon Bullard. Mm-hmm. And what happens in those these plays was our edge defenders were crashing all the way down to tackle the running back mm-hmm. when, by rule, in every defense at every level, the C-gap player is the quarterback player. And you have all of our linebackers taking turns, tackling the dive, and letting the quarterback run outside. And that happened three or four times in that game. Um. There's also, like I said, there was an egregious hold down on the goal line. C.J. Allen was literally tackled on the play that Jarquez Hunter ran the ball down to like the one-yard line in the first quarter. And on the same play, Munden was held so badly that his pads got pulled up almost over his head. And there was two or three more of those plays. And um, so also some bad angles, but it was assignments and officiating against Auburn. And then Tech, this is what worries me. And I'm going to segue back into Bama with this one. Tech schemed the crap out of us legitimately they schemed us up every team that's run the ball on us this includes missouri tech and auburn have all used motion because they know we have terrible eye discipline at inside linebacker and they all use jet motion the jet motion to pull our inside linebackers eyes away from their assignments on the guards and our inside linebackers are very bad at chasing the player going in jet motion and leaving interior a gaps open for q run they did it against Auburn. They did it against Georgia Tech. And another thing that Tech did was they got into stack doubles and got us into a six-man box with five in the line of scrimmage and one linebacker. Normally, a six-man box would still be advantage defense, but the problem with what Tech did was since the outside linebacker has to, has to take the quarterback on all their run fakes, they were left with five on five to block the other defenders and they outnumbered us. And that's what happened on several plays down in the red zone. They got us in a 5-1 box. 
one of the outside linebackers has to take the quarterback and now they've got a hat for a hat and they gashed us. Um, last thing. And I know I could, then I said, I know I'm ranting. Um, Tech ran some crap with reads that I had never seen. They ran a quarterback, a Q counter toss read. So it's power read, but instead of the guy coming across the quarterback, he goes wide like it's toss. CJ Allen blitzes to the backside of the formation. So he's out of the play. To the front side, Smile Munden or Jalen Walker goes and tackles the toss. And Haynes King walks in the end zone. And the last one was they had a jet motion where they sent the H back and the tight end out to reach blocking the perimeter. Then they pulled the guard and tackle on that same side away from the jet for Q counter. We had our linebackers literally running in opposite directions. In result, they block everybody on our edge. We're outnumbered. We have no backside defenders in pursuit because they're being pulled away by the counter action. And the guy, number 13, runs for 50 yards on our sideline. Buster Faulkner deserves a raise. <laughs> so if you're still here three minutes later after my long rant, all that is to say, I watched Alabama, and they do a lot of the same stuff Tech does, and that scares me. But here's the thing, and this is going to sound crazy, but look at the numbers. Alabama doesn't do it nearly as well as Georgia Tech does. Another another thing that Georgia Tech did was they did what they've done all year wrong. Ninth nationally in yards per carry rushing offense. Tech Tech. is? They're that high? Ninth wow. nationally in yards per carry, 17th nationally in yards per game. They are a good rushing offense, and they, they have been all year long. And guess what? Georgia did what it's done all year long. Georgia has been fine in rushing defense, but not good. definitely not elite, maybe elite, not even yeah. what you'd call good. And yeah. actually, even in that game, we kept Tech under their season averages. Mm. They were under their season average for yards per carry. They were under their season average for scoring. It was incredibly frustrating to watch. We were all thinking, I thought nobody could run the ball against Georgia. And yeah. we were all thinking, I didn't think Georgia Tech had an offense. Both of those things are different this year. This is not Georgia from the past two years. The rushing offense is fine. The rushing defense is fine. It's not great. This is not the same Tech team. They are really good offense, especially rushing offense. Haynes King, 21st nationally in total offense. Like, he can run hey, 20, 21st nationally. And he was leading the ACC in passing yards for a while. Yeah. And which is crazy. As we were saying earlier, I mean, Alabama's rushing offense, 50s and 40s nationally. Georgia Tech is a better rushing football team than Tech is. So, what's our prediction, guys? What's going to happen? How's this game going to play out? Because the truth is, for me, I have no question who's the better team, but there's still some of that Alabama boogeyman weirdness for me. If this if this if you put LSU inside of the helmet, I'm not scared. Texas A&M, anybody else, but it's that curse of A on the side of the helmet that makes the game well, not the curse of A, the numbers on the side of that helmet that make the game weird for me. And I shouldn't be scared of y'all. Know I'm not like I'm the logical one. I'm I'm not an emotional predictor. I I, I see Georgia being clearly better than Alabama. Not clearly the point of winning by two touchdowns, but barring a three turnover game or Jalen Milrow having an out of body experience, we should win. How do you guys feel? I feel exactly the same way. I I feel as as solid as I have in many, many years that Georgia is definitely better than Alabama. That does not guarantee a win, as you were just no, saying. No, no. <laughs> but I, I I feel I feel as as solid as I have that Georgia is definitely better. Um, there's a way in which our young linebackers, if they make the right decisions, which is a big old if, Ugh. but if they do, if they don't end up totally in the wrong places. Their gifts are actually very well aligned 
to track down Milrow and to keep him in place. I mean, the the four linebackers, the middle backers that we're playing, Mm -hmm. Smile Munden, C.J. Allen, Raylan Wilson, Jalen Walker are all fast. Fast. They can all run. It it is going to be probably the fastest group of linebackers that Alabama has played all year long. Oh, yeah. And, and, And even with the teams that Alabama has already played, and as scary as it seems like Jalen Milrow is, you know, he, he's like 34th nationally in yards per game. That's like the same sort of territory as Spencer Rattler, as mm. Joe Milton, um, considerably higher in that stat is Haynes King, is Brady Cook. Uh, mm. Actually 13th nationally, another Georgia opponent, Jacob Zeno. Remember him? Quarterback oh. for UAB. Oh, wow. 13th nationally. Really? Good, year, good year for Jacob Zeno. Not better than Jalen Milrow, but just an interesting fact. All right, Scott, you've been loading up. You got three minutes. Go. Uh, the part that's not great is that most of those names you mentioned, other than Joe Milton, who just throws the ball into the stands, most of those <laughs> quarterbacks actually gave us a little bit of trouble. Like, sure, like oh, no, he's, he's playing like Spencer Rattler. I don't want Spencer Rattler playing with Alabama-level talent. No. That's a hard game to win. Right? It is. In UAB – just kind of, you know, quick pass, quick pass, quick pass. You, know, yeah, you can't win the yeah. line of scrimmage if you just avoid playing the line of scrimmage. <laughs> yeah. Which, which is a good thing to do for UAB. Um, yeah, the part about that's scary is, like we mentioned, Alabama still on paper, the most talented team out there. Yeah. Tons and tons of NFL guys. It, you know, feels like they could have another gear. Like they haven't played all the way up to their potential in, in three years. Um but because they did play their potential for a decade straight, it still yeah. kind of always feels like, uh oh, what if they get it back together and play their potential? And they started playing more to their potential the last half of the season. I won't hold yeah. the Auburn game yeah, against them because road rivalry games game. like that. Hey, road rivalry games, weird stuff happens. You know, survive and yeah, advance. We just played an eight game. We just played an eight point game. Yeah. Uh, 10. Florida, Florida yeah. State. Like, look at all you know, tons mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. So there's that part, and the part that's a little bit unnerving is it's one of those things where you might say, we're clearly the better team. It's not the best matchup for just the way that what they like to do schematically on offense could, yeah, it's what's giving could us give you trouble. So that's, you know, if it was a different scheme, if it was something where, I don't know, they were built on throwing wide receiver screens. Yes. You know, okay, cool. Like, you know, if they're built for, you know, a way that's going to let our safety trio just shine, love it. But that's that's not how they're built. Yeah, having to make – having to rely on our linebackers to make reads, box, fit, this is not what well, we're built for. Especially when you're basically playing three guys an inside three. linebacker and two of them are true freshmen. Yeah, and and hey, please, man. please, Jamon Dumas Johnson, come play with a club on your arm or something. <laughs> if I don't even care if you can tackle. It, yep, if he's in the if right, you can place, just call pulls. He, you can call pulls and get there. He can be yeah. in the right place and just bump into somebody and not tackle him, <laughs> and that's better. That's an improvement. All right, so make go ahead and go on. We got five minutes. Let's go ahead and go and record the prediction. Then I want to discuss one more thing here at the end. And Jay, you had a little bit more you wanted to throw in if you did not already. Um, Prediction. I'll go first. I trust our offense. I'm going to go with my logic and not my heart and say we win 31 to 27. 
I've got it, Georgia 31-21. I also trust our offense. We've barely talked about our offense this whole podcast, and I think that's the reason why. Um, I, I I think we are all counting on them to do what they've Enough. been doing. Yeah. And um, again, totally agree that the thing at the top of the list of scary things is Jalen Milrow's legs. Um, but as I, you know what, you know what happened to me, David? I think I started the week with the Alabama voodoo, like mm-hmm. in my head. And when I started looking at the numbers, yeah. that's what tamped that down for me. I was yeah. like, oh, wait a minute. This is this is not the same. That <laughs> they are not any kind of walkover whatsoever. No. This this is gonna be a 60-minute football game. But when I started looking at the numbers, I was like, this is this is not the Alabama team that we're used to playing. I I, I trust our offense. Um, I think we do enough to keep Milrow in check. 31-21, good guys. Alabama has not had an elite skill player since Jamison Williams outside of Bryce Young, the quarterback. But their skill players, running back and receiver, they haven't had an elite player since James Williams. And they don't have one this year. And they don't have an elite quarterback. That's just the facts. Scott? Uh, final score, 30-24. to 24. You got Georgia? Uh, no comment. You're breaking up. What's that? Huh? Okay. Holy, <laughs> okay. okay. I, <laughs> I think I am picking Georgia. I don't. Love it. I understand. I, I will. Um, I will say this: there is one of the, you know, there's a plethora of advanced stat guys that have their own different, you know, recipes and models, yeah, models and whatever. whatever. Um, there's one guy that the last couple years has pretty traditionally had Bama better than us the last couple years, whereas all the other models had it pretty clearly us in favor. If he has that game as 60-40 us and us being three points better, if if that one had come up for Bama, I probably would have picked that. But then I saw that even the one that's traditionally the last couple of years liked Bama more than us, even though I thought clearly we were better, even that one's on board. So, yeah, we'll probably win, but it's like a 60-40 game, right? It's not some guarantee. We legitimately don't know about whether or not like at least five or six starters on our team will play. That's true. <laughs> and, and and that's like five or six NFL guys. We don't even – I know. Yeah, so – I don't know if Bowers is playing. Yeah. I assume he is, but short of turnovers or catastrophic in-game injuries, like Carson Beck gets hurt. Oh, yeah. What, what does it take for us to lose that game? Is that it? Just injuries and turnovers? Like – would even a Jalen Milrow out of body experience lose uh, us that game? I don't even know if it would. Tur- turnovers probably has to be included. If there's no turnovers, or if turnovers are completely even, yeah. If there's yeah, no turnovers, just... it's going to be tough. But I could see us losing it, even just minus one or minus two. It doesn't have to be like a minus four wild kind of thing. Yeah. But even like a minus one or minus, you know, if we're one turnover behind and they really get the run game going. And it becomes a low number of possessions, and they're kind of just staying ahead. And that one turnover in a nine possession game is more than ten percent of your offensive chances. But Turn- turnovers was the thing that came to my mind first as well. I I think besides turnovers, they're going to need an explosive play in the passing game as well. Um, okay. the, I yeah. mean, Georgia, Georgia tech rushed for over 200 yards against us. And it, I mean, that game never felt in doubt to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, no. I, you, you just, if, you just give Alabama mm-hmm. 200 yards of offense. 
they still might score 21 or 24 and lose the game. Uh, they, they, they'll need something explosive in the passing if, game too. If they run for 200, they're probably hitting a deep shot or two off of that. That That's how I'm viewing yeah, it. Right. Well, we're in agreement. And, and we don't love it, and I will do, not have fun watching this game. I want that on record. And if we don't win, it's chaos for the playoff. Um, and we need help. I think we all agree. We need help. And it's hard to know. Basically, you need at least probably two of the teams that are favored to lose. We agree on that? Yeah. Probably at least at least two. Um, so we are out of time for today, y'all. So um, let's go ahead and do our sign-up. Dr. J, it's Dog Nation three-peat at the SC Championship game. Or not three-peat. It's a Dog Nation repeat at the SC Championship game. Tell the people adios. Go dogs. Scott, tell the people adios. I'm not happy about this game preemptively (laughs) and i as i said before am cautiously possibly foolishly optimistic that's it for today thank you for listening